on today's 30 Rack of Sports. We're going to talk a little bit of Ohio news with conference tournaments coming up. We're also going to talk about uh, some famous game winners in the state of Ohio because of Trey Scott's awesome game winner last night. Hey, yo. Talk a little bit about Ooh. some extensions in baseball and whether or not Lindor should give the Indians a hometown discount. Then also in our national segment, happen. we're going to be talking about um, some potential storylines for the upcoming MLB season. Talk about some uh, fun tweets in favor unfollow and then locking it in with Josh, some interesting lines for the week and whether or not we're going to lock it in. Guys, hopefully it should be a good one. Wild week of sports this week. It was a wild week of sports, uh, and it's going to continue to get wilder as March and madness and, yeah, spring sports. Spring training, man. And spring training. Opening day. Opening day, yeah. We're hitting. We're about to hit peak spring sports season, I think. Then you have the Masters too, and let's not forget about oh, it. we Masters. got we got NASCAR every Sunday, boys. Uh, I hate NASCAR. Let's not even go down. We got that some road. pinball championships coming up, yeah, possibly. Left. Pinball championships are coming up. There's so many. It's, it's, that's why they call it the Wild World of Sports, man. And that's what we'll discuss next. Welcome into another edition of 30 Rack of Sports. It is Sunday, March 8th for episode 20 of 30 Rack of Sports. I, of course, am the talent. I'm Greg. Across from me, a man whose takes are more maddening than the month of March. It's Zach. Zach, how are we doing today? I'm doing good, Greg. Uh, I don't know about your talent disposition, but doing good. Alrighty, and then to my right, on the ones and twos, a man who is more consistent about showing up late to production meetings than Mick Cronin is about bowing out in the first weekend in March. Josh, how are we doing? I'm doing great, Greg. Uh, you, you, you're a sure thing on these, aren't you? You're just a sure thing on these every Sunday. It's so pleasant. I'm glad to be back on 30 Rack. Look, love to pump you guys up at the beginning of every show. So that's what I'm here for. That's, that's what I love to do. Yeah, coffee boy, whatever you say. Just a little bit hyped up on coffee, but you know what gets me going? Even no, you more? bring us our coffee, and you didn't do that today. Whoa, no, that's that's the intern's job. Yeah, so that's Josh's <laughs> job. I don't know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, I dropped the ball on that one today. I only brought myself coffee. I drank it out in the car before I came in. <laughs> oh yeah, so trying to hide. Is that were you us. here on time and just sitting out in your car yeah, drinking I, I, coffee? I was here for like 20 minutes, and I was just. Sometimes I look at myself in the mirror, and I'm like, all right, I'm not gonna let him get to me today. <laughs> Greg's a piece of shit. I can do this. I've got this. And then I drank my coffee. I came in, and here I am. Just with listening to some jolly, pump up music. Like, jolly you disposition. This. You could. This is your day. Seize the day. But yeah, listening to like those like uh, speeches just to get you going <laughs> in the morning, like motivational talk. I just like. watched. I just watched Trey Scott highlights all all, uh-huh. all morning long, and now I'm ready to go. Oh, I'm, I'm still up. feeling it off that win last night. Go Cats. Well, you know it's even better than a motivational speech or some coffee to get you going. A nice. Alcoholic beverage, preferably an Ohio brewed craft beer, guys. Correct, Greg. Correct, you are. And this week, uh, I actually had a beer ready to go, so it's my week again. And this week, we are drinking from Royal Docks Brewing Co. in Canton, Ohio. Shout out, Canton. Canton. We are drinking Downstream Jam Dark Cherry Gosa. Is that how you pronounce it? Gosa? 
Yeah, it's pronounced Gosa. It's yeah. usually the sour beers. And I know uh, I, I've been wanting to get a Canton beer because we, we've had a lot of uh, social interaction with the people of Canton. Um, and, and listen, we don't really care where the XFL team goes. If it's not in Columbus, it can be in Canton. It should this be in Columbus. Fine. Yeah, you know. That either or. Either or. But, they already uh, have the Canton charge. They're good. They are. <laughs> Shout got, out to the NBA G League. And we've got Royal Docks Brewing Company in Canton, and uh, this is quite delicious. So, um, quick trivia for you guys. Do you know why they call it a Gosa beer? I didn't even know that's how you pronounced it, so I, I couldn't even venture a guess. Light on me. Light on me. Uh, Gosa beers are a warm fermented beer that originated in Goselar, Germany. So Goselar is the city that it came from. Oh, wow. Wow, Germany yeah. coming up with all these, like the Kelsch, because it comes from Cologne. Goselar making the Gosas. So this lovely sour beer from Royal Docks in Canton is a dark cherry Gosa. It's really good. It's it's pretty light, 4.7%. Um, I love the can design of cans all over the can. Mm-hmm. Um, they have crushed cans on the one side. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Bala. Uh, docs.beer is their website. Uh, think global, be vocal, drink local is their little little thing. I their like little that. thing? Oh, that's, yeah, that's their little, their little thing. You think they meant to rhyme? I don't know. I bet well, one would assume so, yeah. considering all these fantastic like uh, yeah, we can, uh, diatribes that we've had on all the... Yeah. Unfortunately, none on this, but I was able to find um, a little paragraph on why... A brewery in Canton is called Royal Docks. I would assume there are very few docks and even (laughs) fewer Royal Docks in the city of Canton, considering the whole, like, you know, landlocked position. But geography. They say about their beers, at Royal Docks, we strive to create new, exciting, and forward-thinking beers focusing on quality and drinkability. We take inspiration from the classic brewing traditions of England, as well as our peers in the craft brewing industry who bring vibrant new flavors and ideas to the world of beer. So kind of doing the little English, maybe one of the English coastal cities and bringing that royal English mm-hmm. flavor to, of yeah. course, the stunning metropolis that is Canton, Ohio. And stunning it is, Greg. Stunning it is. This is pretty good. I think this is one of the more uh, different ones we've had. Different in a good way. Different in a good way, yeah. It yeah. does pretty much. I mean, it tastes like a soured, like, piece of jam, like on a sandwich or something like that, or you know, PB and J or whatever. I mean, you get the jam flavor. It's almost overwhelming, but I think it's really good as someone that it, loves yeah. sour. It's very jammy. As someone who loves jam, it's uh, <laughs> definitely reminds me of a good strawberry jam. Well, now that we're done talking about preservatives, what are we moving whoa, on to? Whoa, that's totally different. If you, you're you splitting hairs here. If you <laughs> want right, to get that, into that discussion, we can have that discussion. We can have that but, discussion. But I think it's time for uh, Greg to read us some news, is it? Yeah, it's a time for some of the music. All righty, in Ohio news, we have Dayton completing an undefeated A-10 regular season with a 76-51 win over George Washington. They will be the number one seed in the A-10 tournament starting Wednesday in Brooklyn at the Barclays Center. Uh, UC came back from a 14-point deficit at halftime to beat Temple on a Trey Scott tip-in with just 2.8 seconds left. Cats could get a share of the regular season AAC title depending on a Tulsa loss at Wichita State in the game today. Week two of the MLS is underway with FCC losing at Atlanta 2-1, to one, but offseason signing Yuya Kubo 
gets his first goal for the orange and blue. Crew give up a penalty in the 79th minute to cancel out a Jossie Zardes goal and draw at Seattle 1-1. Cavs bounce back from a four-game losing streak to beat Denver 104-102. Sexton's been big in March, averaging 33 points per game so far. And the Jackets lose versus the Oilers last night. Jackets currently hold the last wild card spot by just two points over Carolina. Wildness. Guys, that's the Ohio news. Josh, I believe you have some Ohio beer news to add into it. Yeah, uh, thanks for the uh, sports news, Greg. Uh, I've got some big Ohio beer news for all you home brewers out there. The 25th annual home brew competition at Barley's in Columbus is happening March 17th through 21st. That's when you can drop it off, 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. That's March 17th through 21st. Uh, they, uh, they will reveal the winner on Sunday, April 5th. That's at Barley's Brewing Company, the 25th annual homebrew competition. Uh, the 2019 winner was uh, uh, Mr. Jim Sudath, his Northern English brown ale. Brown ale. You said Barley's Brewing? Barley's Brewing Company, yes, Up in sir. Cleveland, I believe. They said Columbus. Oh, yeah, that is Columbus. Yeah, yeah, Columbus. Yeah, that is Columbus. Greg, yeah. shut your it's mouth. It's right by the arena district. Shut your mouth. You had me second-guessing myself, man. Don't listen to Greg. He doesn't know anything. No, no he doesn't. Just Have you ever been to Barleysburg? Been there like 100 times. Wow. Where is it? By the, it's in the arena district. Yeah, as I just said. <laughs> You're the worst. <laughs> You're the worst. All righty, so we're going to get into our first Ohio segment of the day. It is Rankum, where we're ranking Rankums. some of our... Favorite moments either this week, Ohio history, all time, and um, just to mention, if we had to rank people on the show, Zach would be probably fourth out of three on this list. <laughs> Alrighty, so for our rankum yeah. segment, we are talking about game winners once again. Uh, Trey Scott had a tip in with just 2.8 seconds left uh, for UC to beat Temple, 64-63. So we're asking, what are the greatest game winners in Ohio sports history? Zach, do you have anyone? Uh, yeah, uh, Matt Sylvester. Anybody? 05, Ohio State takes down number one, Illinois. Um, I think that was 65-64 was the final. Um, that's big because um, people forget Dad Mata's first year in Ohio State was still under uh, postseason ban from the Jim O'Brien era, so that was kind of their their tournament. That place was nuts, Schottenstein Center. Um, Matt Sylvester to this day still gets like mobbed on the streets from that. That was such a huge shot. Um, that's honestly the big one that sticks in my mind. I think that was when I remember watching that live. And I was gonna say the first Ohio State one that came to my mind was actually the the Evan Turner half court uh, winner over one. Michigan yeah, in, in the, 2010, the Big Ten tournament. Yeah, that was a that was a big one, too. That was a tournament game. That was, I mean, that was a huge one. That's one of the, you know, they still, during all the March Madness commercials, will still, you know, show the picture of everybody mobbing Turner the after The villain, that, as they call him, yeah. After Evan that Turner. big game winner. Uh, Josh, do you have anything? Uh, yeah, not necessarily. Uh, are we sticking to, like, basketball buzzer beaters? No, no any, any game winners. Um, I, have, uh, I have one in football coming up. Uh, I'll give you a baseball one. Uh, Jay Bruce uh, walking it off for the National League Central oh, Division yeah. back in uh, 2012. Uh just a towering fly ball out in the center field uh, against uh, the Astros, the Houston Astros, while they were still in the National League. Uh, awesome. One. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. I've only seen one walk-off home run live. Really cool. It was a Reds game. I don't remember who they were playing, but me and Ben went, and uh, 
It was uh, Brandon Phillips hit a walk-off. We were about to leave, and then Ben's like, let's just stay and just watch the at-bats. So we're like behind home plate. And, well, I don't know. That's pretty cool to be a part of. Not that I really care. I was going to say, Reds, but. one of them that I have down is actually <laughs> one that I was in attendance for. Uh, LeBron, his last year in Cleveland, hitting a game winner against Indiana in uh, game five oh, yeah. for the playoffs, was sitting in Wait, the corner. Wait, you were there? Yeah, I was sitting in the corner. I went up by myself because it was it was back when I lived up in Columbus. So I just... Oh, uh, how sad. No, sorry. I was just changing jobs. <laughs> so I went up there, and I couldn't actually... I was at such a angle that I couldn't tell for a quick, like, half second whether or not the ball went in. I thought yeah. he missed it. And then I saw the whole crowd go crazy and saw the ball go through the hoop and was like... That's awesome. Whoa. It was... The most electric I've ever seen oh, like, yeah. in an arena at that point with all that stuff happening. The other one that I have, the Cleveland Browns coming back in 1999. Their first win was on a Tim Couch Hail Mary touchdown Ooh. at the end of the game. Which just, you know, a wild experience. And obviously for a team, you know, being, mm-hmm. uh, I guess, an expansion team as they were when they came back. Being able to get that first win and being able to kind of bring some hope back to Cleveland after not having a team for, you know, yeah. three seasons yeah. was huge. I mean, that reminds me even of um, Braxton Miller versus Wisconsin during that kind of down season they had um, his freshman year when he threw the uh, game win. I think Wisconsin oh, yeah. was number five yeah. at home uh, at Ohio State. That was um, that was pretty spectacular. I don't know if you guys remember that. Uh, I got uh... Uh, 2009, uh, Pike to Bins for the Bearcats. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah Pike yeah, to Bins. off the perfect season. Yeah. Uh, and, That's a uh, pit, right? Yeah, that was a yeah. pit uh, at Heinz Field. Uh, I got my commemorative uh, bobblehead uh, with Pike and Bins on yeah. it. They were celebrating the uh, – 10th anniversary of that yeah that was i mean that was a crazy game all over because they were down you know big going into the second half huge comeback tony pike coming back off of uh i believe it was a broken wrist or a broken arm mm-hmm. so coming back leading them back to a victory and that passed the bins as you know as the game ended and able to kick the extra point to win by one was just humongous that's pressure right there oh yeah that's tremendous pressure. trying to make talking a chip about, shot talking about random uh reds walk off home runs uh do you guys remember a, a one drew Stubbs? i do remember he, his, he spent some time in cleveland yeah as that's, well. right. that's yeah. what he did yeah his first game with the reds uh he was having an off day i think he i think he had struck out in each of his uh first two sounds or three like drew Stubbs. yeah um and i said i think i said to my brother uh i was like hey watch this he's just gonna hit a walk off home run right here mm-hmm. two pitches later i'm pretty sure i caught the foul pole and that was uh his his first game up with the reds and then uh you had ramon hernandez i think it was 08 this was quite a while back uh hit a walk off home run for opening day too so i mean i was at a red another reds game i've actually seen two both red uh adam dunn uh hit a walk off jack wickman. off of old bob wickman i was there for that I was brutal oh, that was terrible. Uh, wiki time. yeah wiki time Tell me my favorite closer of all time. Bob Wickman looked like a guy who just rocked, stumbled out of a bar. Well, well the other one is uh, what? Well, I guess sort of a walk off the right after the JT Barrett uh, fourth down conversion. Oh, yeah. Curtis Samuel to yeah. the house. Curtis Samuel to the house, right on the just Did the you next say it was play. a controversial conversion? I mean, that's. It was not. It was a first down. Anybody with eyes could see that from a mile away. Well, I, I, I didn't want to get in this argument again. I, I was going to say, down. it's it's good to tell that, you know, there's no bias in anything that you say. Nothing. This, so. Zero bias. Thank goodness. The most objective person here. Him biased? I, 
But you know what's not wigging out? Our second segment that we call Ohio or No Ohio, where we give you some questions about Ohio sports team, and we get the yes, the Ohio, or the no, the No Ohio. So for this one, we are doing conference tournaments that involve teams from Ohio. So there are a little bit more than a handful of tournaments that involve Ohio sports teams. So we're going to go through them and see what our confidence is that uh, the teams from Ohio can get it done and get that auto bid into the tournament. As a lot of teams are on the bubble or in the one bid leagues where you can't really get into the tournament unless you win. You can't get into the big tournament unless you win your conference tournament. No. So we're going to start with uh, probably one of the softballs in here. We're going to start in the A-10 tournament. It's starting in Brooklyn at the Barclays Center on Wednesday. We have the Dayton Flyers, who just, as we mentioned earlier, finished off an undefeated regular season. Uh, They are the one seed in the A-10 tournament. Zach, do you think the Flyers are going to be cutting down the nets in Brooklyn? Uh, Ohio, Greg. Ohio. Yeah, what a softball. Josh, what about you? Yours, Ohio. Easy. What? What? Yours, man. Fly yours. Oh, fly yours. The yours. The yours. I've never heard that. I've never heard that. I like how Josh said it like that's something common. All day long yesterday. From what? Who? The college college basses, college game day was up there. Yeah, college game day was. They said yours. I saw it all over social media. Yours this, yours that. It's not even that short. It's just the uh, fl- yours. Yins? I don't know. Buckeyes. They call them bucks. Yeah, it's shorter. Yeah, you don't even. So, so is yours. <laughs> yeah. Yours, that's I'm stupid. I'm sorry. I didn't that's know this was stupid. A- I don't want it. All right, whatever. I'm sorry. I thought this was a free country. <laughs> not not for Ohio State fans, Greg. Uh, I guess not. Uh, I guess let not. Him have his, uh, let him have his safe space. All right, Mr. Musketeers. Hey, we'll, we'll get to that later. Um, I'm also going to go with Ohio. I think the Flyers run away. I don't think, you know, there's Richmond, there's Rhode Island, but I don't think any of them really have. It would be a big shock. The biggest shock. All right. Going to, uh, from Brooklyn to Indy for the Ooh, Big Ten tournament. The real tournament. Seeds haven't been uh, fully locked in as they are finishing up the tournament today but currently uh yeah they're finishing up the regular season today currently ohio state is uh slotted to be either a five or a six seed in the big 10 tournament starting on wednesday zach do you think Mm -hmm. the buckeyes can do it they've kind of been up and down this year they have get through this tournament they have that was tough decision uh to show my objectiveness though i think they'll make a run but uh Right now, I'm going to go no Ohio right now. As hard as that is for me to say, uh, um, I just think these tournaments are such a crapshoot. I'm going to go no Ohio. I know. You're pulling for your Wolverines. No. Wow. Wow. Josh getting a little feisty over here. <laughs> he is, man. He's getting a little feisty just over here. Just Musketeers aren't going to make it. Oh, uh, whatever. Um, uh, Ohio, actually, for me over here, you know, uh, they have had their struggles this year. They've been up and down, um, but that offense has been clicking lately. They've showed they can they can run with the big dogs. They beat Maryland. They beat Illinois. Um, you know, play Michigan State. We play Michigan State uh, tonight. Um, so we'll see how the seeding shakes out. Yeah, I think that's a but, big. But problem. I think it's very very pot. Probable. Oh, I think it's possible. possible You're and just asking me that Ohio State continues to stay, you know, hot shooting wise, yeah. and they can make a run at this. 
Ask me in a week. Yeah. Alrighty. Um, just looking at it, if they're in the five seed, they would obviously have to play <clears throat> the four if they won, and then probably likely the one seed if they won after that. Um, I'm gonna go with no Ohio. Mm-hmm. I think I think they'll advance a few rounds. I expect yeah. to see them in probably at least the semis. But if I had to pick a team right now, it would probably be Michigan State. But Ohio State would probably be I a mean, second or third pick. And here's the thing. I mean, not trying to overlook I me. Mean, Wisconsin just won the regular season conference championship. The buzz cuts. I don't trust the buzz cuts. I don't trust the buzz cuts either. I'm just saying this This is a deep conference. I think any one of the top six teams can win it. Oh, yeah, definitely. And just seeing how up and down these teams have been, mostly you know on the road versus at home, being in kind of a neutral area. It'll be interesting to see. Being in honestly. Indiana, I don't really expect Indiana or Purdue to do anything, but you yeah. would probably say if there was some sort of combination of uh, Wisconsin, Maryland, Michigan State, or Ohio State, that's probably where you're kind of looking. But mm-hmm. I would probably just barely lean Michigan State, but Ohio State would probably be my two or my three pick yeah. for the tournament. Going from the Big Ten to the American, uh, doing their new uh, spot for their tournament in Fort Worth, Texas, at the Dickies Arena, you see right now is uh, slotted to be a two or a three seed, but could be the one seed with a Tulsa loss because of all the tiebreakers. They would be the one seed in the tournament. Zach, do you think the Bearcats have what it takes to get it done in Fort Worth and get get that auto bid and get firmly off the bubble? Uh, I'm going to go no Ohio. Uh, I, I do not trust this team in the least bit. Uh, I, th- I think they can, uh, but if I'm a betting man, no. All right, Mr. Musketeer, what about you, Josh? Uh, quit calling me that. No, that's your new nickname, nope. Josh the Musketeer Man. Nope. Uh, I think I think uh, I thought we were on the Bearcats. Are we on the Musketeers? No, we're on the Bearcats. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. No, I know you're. Real, I know you're so real, worried looking at those Musketeer lines. The guys, are confusing me. We'll call you Gold Star talk. Josh then. Since he's a big Gold Star show Gross. guy. Gross. <laughs> um, uh, it's it's hard for me on this because. Because all season long, this team, I haven't. I, it's been so hard to trust them, like you said. That's what I'm saying, yeah. But yeah. but somehow there's a possibility that they could be the one seed. Mm. Somehow, how how that's still possible after everything that's happened this season, I just so so I don't yeah. want to rule anything out because anything can happen. I feel like for this conference. Um, but yeah, I gotta go with my gut here and say no, Ohio. I think they'll make a good run. Um, I, I just I think if they make a run, they do. But I could see them losing like first. I mean, yeah, first game. I like just they think, could come like, out their it. first game and call, call oh, fall what, flat Greg, on their face Greg's over here. Get, all right, Greg, go. Jeez, Ohio uh, Cats are taking it home. They're a better built tournament team than they have been under Mick Cronin. They can actually shoot the ball. They can shoot their way back into games. I think they're more prepared for this tournament. They've been in a lot of close games recently. Houston's been up and down. I don't trust Tulsa, and then any of the <laughs> other teams. Pretty much think maybe Wichita State could make a run. I'm saying Bearcats, Cougars in the final. Bearcats take it to them. Cut down the nets. We're in for sure. Ohio on the Bearcats. Say Mick Cronin again. No, I don't want to. You say it with such derision. I can't yeah, wait for later. We'll Mick Cronin. Such disgust in his voice. <laughs> All right, what do we got? We got a uh, big East. Big East. All right, now we're into. Well, we'll start with Josh. We're Josh's we'll start with, country. We'll start yeah. with Mr. Musketeer. The Big East tournament field has been locked in. All games are done in that conference. That tournament starts um, Wednesday at MSG in New York. Right now, um, 
Xavier will actually have to play in the first round. They are the seven seed, so the seven, eight, nine, and ten have to play in that first round. Xavier comes in at the seven seed, playing DePaul in the first round. Josh, do you think Xavier has what it takes to shock the world and win the Big East tournament title? All right, that's Josh's end. <laughs> no, Ohio. I mean, look, there's just way too much. It, Xavier is a team that definitely always finds ways. Like, they almost pulled it out against Butler last night, uh, mm-hmm. traded some last-second shots. Um, so they're definitely one of those teams that can get hot at the right moments, but I think there's not to say that they can't make a run. I just think that any run they make isn't going to be enough. There's That's way too crowded of a conference. You're going to have to play one more game than yeah. some of these other guys. Uh, no Ohio. No Ohio. What about you, Zach? Uh, I got uh, hell no Ohio. My God. Why is this? I'm done. Period. No. Yeah. No. No. All right. So I'm going to be... I'm going to try to be as honest as I as I can be on this one. In the first round, Xavier plays 10-seeded DePaul. I think they can win that game. But then they'll have to play the number two-seeded Villanova Wildcats. Nah. Do not think they'll win that game. No. Hell no, Ohio. Yeah. I'm probably going with Creighton or Nova to win that tournament, so I don't think Xavier even sniffs the final of that tournament. Uh, no, Ohio from all three of us. Going back to Indy, actually, for a tournament that has already started, the semis starting tomorrow night at Bankers Life Fieldhouse in Indianapolis. The Wright State Raiders, the number one seed in the tournament, do you think they get that auto bid and get back into the tournament for a second straight year? Uh, Yeah, I think Wright State is definitely Ohio going to win the uh, Bro Rising League, no doubt. Josh, what about you? Yeah, I mean, they just, they, they've they been the dominant force in that conference all year. No one's really been able to slow them down. Uh, they had the close game against NKU at the end of the year, but yeah. even even in that, they could close it out at at NKU's court. Uh, so, yeah, I, I like uh, Ohio, right state, for the bro rising. Woo. So, uh, just to give a little bit of context, uh, tomorrow night at 7 um, on ESPNU, uh, Wright State plays the UIC Flames, followed by on ESPN2. Uh, Wisconsin Green Bay plays Northern Kentucky. I expect to see a rematch of last year's final with Wright State taking on Northern Kentucky. But it's really hard to beat a team three times, but I think Wright State is a team that can do that. Uh, Wright State's one of the more impressive teams in kind of their, you know, mid to low major category. So I expect them to win and I expect them to have a, you know, a pretty decent seed for a Horizon League team, maybe a 13 seed or something and some chance to, you know, cause some issues here when the tournament starts next week. Our last tournament, uh, actually with the first round starting uh, Monday at campus sites, uh, the rest of the tournament doesn't go on till Thursday. So if you get the buy, like the one seed we're talking about here, you do not start till Thursday at The Rock in Cleveland, Ohio. We have Maction, the Mid-American Conference, and we have Akron, the number one seed. Zach, do you think the Zips can zip them up all the way to the tournament? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm going to go Ohio. Yeah, Akron, um, like I said, they're the, uh, they're the bell cow of the conference and have been for a while. Um, I don't see any reason why they don't continue that and get back to the tournament. Josh, what about you? 
Uh, I'm gonna say no Ohio, but then I'm gonna bring it back and still keep it in Ohio because I think the Bowling Green Falcons are actually gonna knock off Akron in the championship game for the MAC. Uh, really? I, I, You're I going think, with that. Yeah, Bowling Green beat Akron uh, back in uh, at the end of February, 78 to 60. Uh, I think Bowling Green has more, well, Akron may be the more well-rounded team. I think Bowling Green has more uh, shooters that mm-hmm. um, are can kind of get in a streak and go off. They're the more explosive team. They got unfinished business from last year being knocked out in the championship game. I like the Falcons. Ooh. So no Ohio, but oh, oh yes, Ohio. Uh, Josh, just to go off your point, both, uh, you know, Falcons and the Zips have played some, you know, tough matchups. Both teams won their home game, but I will tell you the finals in Cleveland, which is much closer to Akron, Akron. than it is yep. to Bowling Green. That's but right. I am going to go Ohio for the Zips, one of the, you know, the best team in the MAC, And they're led by Lauren Jackson, who is just, an unbelievable shooter, averaging almost 20 points per game on um, 47, 43, 88 shooting. So guy is just a walking bucket, and I think Bowling Green will have a tough time containing him, and I expect to see the Zips getting it done and getting their name called next Sunday on Selection Sunday. Speaking of Selection Sunday, guys, before we get into our next segment— we want to talk about our bracket challenge here at 30 Rack Sports. We're doing a bracket challenge on ESPN Tournament Bracket. Mm-hmm. What's the name of the bracket? Uh, 30 Rack Podcast. It is. The group is 30 Rack Podcast. Be sure to join. You can go against any of the three of us. and They will be going against all the three of us. And uh, any other fans right. that potentially join. The winner that does not come from one of the three of us, probably will beat all three of us, let's exactly. be honest, if yeah. there's someone that's that's very good at this, will win a 30-rack podcast shirt, which I'm actually wearing right now under my and, sweatshirt. I'm and they get a shout-out. They get a shout-out. We'll shut you out. And they get a shout-out. And the loser... But the more important thing is we have a little bet between the three of us. We have the loser of the 30-rack challenge. This just applies to the three of us on this show, and we decided right before (laughs) the show started what the punishment for the loser is going to be. Zach, what is that punishment going to be? Uh, So Greg and his... How long have you had that in your fridge, Greg? Uh, Two weeks, maybe. So uh, uh, a two-week-old aged... uh, Colt 45, uh, the loser, that following show after, um, instead of getting to drink one of these beautiful craft beers with the rest of us, uh, will have to drink the Colt 45 throughout the show. A Fody. A Fody, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's going to be. So you talk about the top of the line being Ohio craft beer, and then you talk (laughs) about certainly not the top of the line. Being a cold 45 could be a wild show. Uh, I wouldn't want to miss it. I mean, so. I would probably start it before. It's a big, it's a big bottle. Yeah. That's a, that's a, that's a lot in a podcast. <laughs> worth. But a judge would sure make for a great show. So We'll make sure it's a trash can nearby. Best, best, of, best of luck to you, gentlemen. Yeah. No, really? Huh. <laughs> really? Well, best of luck to uh, all of you that listen to the show that want to be in on our bracket challenge, once again, 30 Rack Podcast. It's on ESPN. On the right. ESPN bracket. Um, we'll be talking about it next week on our selection show. We'll be talking about some of the picks, some people that we're very confident in, and it should be a wild march in Ohio and uh, 
possibly a wild April for this podcast, depending <laughs> on who gets last between the three of us. Alrighty, we are going into our third Ohio segment we call What About Ohio? What about Ohio? What really, about, what about Ohio? What we, about Ohio? Where we're going to discuss stuff going on in, in other states and, hey, if it's going on there, why, why not here? Why not in Ohio? Why not in the greatest state? Ohio versus of the Ohio. world. Ohio versus the right world. Here. Build it here. And... For this segment, we are actually going to the state of Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Makes me want some cheese. Yeah. Really? <laughs> or beer. Yes, beer, New Glarus. Go, go. Cheese and beer. Some bratwurst. All of it. All of it. Well, in Wisconsin, uh, actually in Milwaukee, they have uh, Christian Yelich, the former MVP, signed what can only be called a home count, hometown discount with the Milwaukee Brewers, signing a nine-year, $215 million contract, with the last year being a mutual option. That goes to about $24 million per year. So the question that we have is, is there any players in Ohio that possibly should take that hometown discount as well? Maybe a certain shortstop in Northeast Ohio, Zach? Well, I mean, I wouldn't say he should. I would say I know when that deal was signed, the Indians' Twitterverse went off the rails, imagining Lindor is going to sign something like that. Um, Just a little player comparison real quick if we want to jump in. Um, You know, Lindor played four and a half years in the league, uh, career 288 hitter, 130 home runs, 384 RBIs, only 26 years old. Four-time All-Star, two gold gloves, two silver sluggers. Plays at a premium position, by the way, at shortstop. Uh, Christian Yelich, nothing to sneeze at. Six and a half years in the league, 301 career average, 139 home runs, 500 RBIs, two All-Star game appearances, an NL MVP, gold glove, and three silver sluggers. Um, so really, besides the MVP, pretty comparable uh, players. Lenders Life's got a little more pop. Um no, I don't think he should take a hometown discount. I think the Yelich thing people forget is he signed that pretty bad deal with the Marlins. Yeah. That yeah. is still technically running, but the Brewers came in and kind of said, hey, let's bump you up and let's sign an extension. Um, <clears throat> Linders made no bones about it. He wants market value. And market's really set about $300 million right. kind of minimum. Um, I don't think there's a shot in hell. I don't think the Indians are going to fork over 10 years, 30 million. I just, there's no way. Um, they offered him 150, 160 million like two, three years ago, and he turned it down. So, as cool as that Yelich deal is, uh, I think Indians fans need to pump the brakes a little bit here. We got two years left, maybe. Right. That's it. <laughs> I mean, in terms of like, why not with that deal in Ohio? It's like, yeah, it'd be great uh, to have that, but it's just yeah. like for the Indians, you know, Lindor's not that guy right now. No. You know, and, and it's much more valuable to the for, – for the Cleveland Indians, Francisco Lindor is much more valuable as a trading piece than he is a continuous roster spot moving forward with the Indians. Am I – Well, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, to an extent. I mean, I just think, uh, you know, I could see them honestly – if Jose comes out and plays a full consistent year this year, like he can, I mean, he's under contract. He signed a very team-friendly deal. I could see them more willing to try to bump him up. He seems like a guy who's more willing to, you know, give the Indians a discount yeah. than Frankie. And also, I think the one thing that's important to kind of realize is, you know, Yelich was with a pretty poor 
poorly run franchise yeah. in, you know, Miami, which might be the worst run franchise, you know, in baseball. Mm. So getting to go somewhere else, maybe it's just the safety of still being able to make a lot of money. I mean, you know, two hundred fifty money. Yeah, their two hundred fifty million isn't anything to sneeze at. But having that, you know, uh, security is probably pretty nice for him. Just some other numbers. Uh, so Yelich played thirteen less games and had about a hundred less at bats than Frankie Lindor. Um, the WAR last year was seven point one for Yelich versus four point seven for Lindor. Um, Lindor had nine more hits than Yelich in over a hundred more at bats. Uh, Yelich had forty four, or uh, had twelve more home runs and um, a significantly better batting average, three twenty nine versus two eighty four. But once again. The premium defensive position and, and all the stuff that, that Lindor can bring to you, you know, just to tell you, at the plate, Yelich might be the better hitter, but just with the youth and everything else, it's really kind of tough. It's almost apples to oranges comparing Lindor to Yelich. Yeah, yeah, I think I think that. Yeah, I mean, the defensive obviously is different. Um, yeah, and I, I mean, I think the age, too. I think, you know, Lindor's just getting into his prime. Yelich is there. Right. And he's starting to kind of get into that thirty year season, you know, thirty age season. I think for him, it's it was a smart deal. Take the money, man. You know, he's locked up now. He's nothing. To worry. He has no trade clause too, so he's pretty well controlled his destiny. And Yelich kind of seems like that kind of guy who fits into that kind of market. Likes playing there. Just wants stability. Yeah. So it, it, Lindor, he's been a hundred percent upfront. He wants market value. That's where it's going. Uh, Indians won't do it. All right, so maybe let's let's switch gears here just to end this segment. What players do you think on the Reds and the Indians would you see most willing and most unwilling to sign team-friendly deals? I would say unwilling for the Reds. You probably got Trevor Bauer. Oh, he's not going to. Guy yeah. that doesn't want, only wants to sign one-year deals. Stupid. So Josh, Stupid. who do you think maybe the Reds could lock up on a team-friendly deal? Would it be a Sonny Gray or would it be someone else? Oh, that's that's tough. Um, yeah, I think I think you start looking at one of those pitchers, um, whether it be Sonny Gray, whether um, I know Wade Miley has seemed. Uh, we haven't seen how that whole thing is that rebuilding project is going to pan out yet, but he seems open um, to signing that kind of a deal. Um, I know he uh, put a few options on his contract now. Um, so. In terms of what I think it would make more sense for the Reds, I think definitely going after one of those pitchers. Um, you know, Suarez just resigned. Uh, Votto's got mm-hmm. Votto's got that deal. Um, so yeah, I mean, unless one of these out, unless one of the crowded, it's someone in the crowded outfield like breaks out this year. I think it makes the most sense to go after a pitcher. Uh, Sonny Gray, I think, would be a little more difficult to pin down. Uh, having been with you know the Yankees for so long, yeah. Um, even though that bridge is burned, I think he <laughs> he knows he can test the market. Um, so we'll see if he'd be willing to do that. But definitely, I think the Reds should get a pitcher mm-hmm. on a deal. Uh, what about you, Zach? What do you think for the on I the mean, tribe side of things? Who do you think they could maybe get to sign a team friendly deal? I mean, like I said, J Ram's already got a pretty team friendly deal as a guy who was a fifty thousand dollar signee. You know, they offered at four years, thirty nine million. Um, like I said, if you can put a whole year together. Um, which he's capable of, and he when he does that, he's like a top three to five player in the league. Um, I think he is. He loves Cleveland. He's very comfortable there. A little bit different personality than um, Frankie. I could see him or like a Clevenger or like a Shane Bieber uh, would be kind of my three guys, I think. Yeah, Bieber's kind of been a guy that's, that's kind of come out of nowhere. And, you know, um, 
Jose Ramirez, if you haven't watched a lot of Indians games, kind of a guy that's a little bit more quiet, still really doesn't speak with too much of the media without a translator. You yeah. Know? So finding a place where he's comfortable, he's comfortable with some of the guys that's, that, that that are, are interviewing there. him, you know, as far as, and really all that stuff kind of makes it into a, a bigger comfort level because, exactly. you know, when you feel comfortable with the people interviewing you, there's not that worry that you may take on the field and everything. Mm-hmm. So. I would say probably, yeah, one of the pitchers for the Reds and Jose Ramirez are, are probably two pretty good, you know, choices from either side. So it will be interesting to see, you know, both these teams, Indians starting to cut payroll a little bit, maybe trying to make a move at some point. Uh, Reds obviously trying to stack up and, and go for it right now. So we'll be interesting. And uh, we may touch on some Reds and some Indians uh, playoff hopes here later in the <laughs> national segments. But uh, before we do that, we just want to shout out again our beer of the week from Royal Docks Brewing Company in Canton, Ohio, the Downstream Jam Dark Cherry Gosa. So guys, I believe this is one of the first Gosas that we've had on the show, kind of a different style. You know, we've been doing a whole lot of IPAs, maybe some heavier beers. This is a little bit more of a lighter beer. Oh yeah, it's very light. Nice though. Uh, Josh, what are your thoughts on it? I wasn't expecting it to be as light as it is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, normally these aren't uh, the beers I seek out. Um, I think I was like, I was afraid the black cherry would be, or black cherry, dark cherry, whatever you want to call it, would be dark a cherry. little like too much in your face. Yeah, but it's it's really a nice blend, and it, yeah, it's it's super light. I was not expecting that. Yeah, it's no. only a twelve IBU beer, so super duper light. It's certainly seems like you know with the weather kind of warming up it definitely seems like a nice beer you know only under five uh, percent yeah 4.7 percent you know really light ibu if you're out you know on the porch or out at the beach having a having a beer or two this would certainly be a fantastic Man, idea yeah. for you this those. would be this would be a great porch beer or uh, oh yeah very nice summer beer sitting on the porch yeah or a 110 pitch on a saturday yeah. afternoon at the ballpark mm-hmm. i could do this not bad. Uh, downstream Jam Dark Cherry Gosa from Royal Docks. In Canton, Ohio. Canton. Uh, just looking through, they, they certainly have some, some interesting beers out there at Royal Docks. So if that's something you're into, you know, and you happen to be in the Canton area, that's certainly something to check out. Uh, you know, once again, Royal Docks Brewing Company in Canton, Ohio. As we mention every week, guys, if there is a beer you want us to try, if there's a beer you're interested in, you want to get our opinion in, you you know want us to drink the same beers that you do, you want us to be grossed out by a beer, send it in. You know we have our Twitter account. You know we posting videos, posting some you know sound bites of the show, uh, posting the episodes. Just you know retweet, comment under any of it, and just let us know what kind of beers you like. We're Happy to try to seek out whatever kind of beer you guys want to drink. Uh, you know, of course, we're beer aficionados in the Ohio craft brewery yeah. area, so we're willing to try whatever, you know, awesome, great, or anything turn? in between. Next week? I think it is your yeah, turn. Yeah, it will All be right. your turn I next think I've week. exhausted the Meyer selections. I'm going to have to run down to Party Source maybe Friday. I'm going to have to find something good. Get to a beer barn or something? Mm-hmm. So get to a beer barn once again. Any beers that you like, uh, tweet at us, Facebook us at 30 Rack Podcast on Facebook and Twitter. 
Alrighty, transitioning from the Ohio part of our show into the national area, we're going to get back into things here. Because this, again, is 30 Rack of Sports. I'm Greg. I'm the talent. Across oh from me is the opinions. The what, opinionator what? himself is Zach. On the ones and twos, keeping us in line, queuing up the music, making sure we don't say too much stupid crap. It's Josh. Hey. Biggest Musketeer fan I know. You're so... Uh -oh. <laughs> Once again, this is episode 20 of 30 Rack of Sports. Uh, we want to once again plug our bracket challenge we have coming up. Selection Sunday is next week. We'll talk about it on episode 21 of 30 Rack of Sports. So be sure to be ready. Uh, you know, you can enter in the bracket challenge right now, even without the brackets being released, but make sure you fill out your bracket by Thursday at noon when the tournament starts. It's going to be a wild tournament, like we said. Yeah. The winner of uh, any fans that want to join, they can win a 30-rack podcast shirt, which is very comfortable. I love the it material, is. Zach. It is a nice material. It's very soft. Can win a shirt and get a shout-out on the show if they win between, you know, you and all the other fans of 30-rack on Facebook and Twitter. And, of course, the punishment between the three of us the lowest score between Zach, Josh, and I will have to drink a Colt 45 on our next show and following the last game of the tournament. So we'll probably have a podcast right before the finale, maybe be able to see who's going to be in the losing end of things. Yeah. It should be a wild tournament. Uh, be sure to keep track on 30 Rack Podcast on Facebook and Twitter and in our Bracket Challenge group. Called the Battle for the Cobra. No, it's not a cobra, though. Battle for the cobra. I was thinking it was a cobra. It's Colt Battle for the Colt. Battle for the Colt. Alrighty, well, now that we've exhausted the plugging of our show, I mean, we could do that for hours, but maybe it's time to uh, switch things up and get into a little bit of national news, Josh. Alright, in national news, two schools have already punched their ticket to the NCAA tournament uh, with Utah State winning the Mountain West Championship and Belmont winning the Ohio Valley. Um, both get the nod. Three more tickets will be punched today with the Big South, the Atlantic Sun, and the Ohio Valley Finals going on today. Uh, more top teams falling during uh, tournament play or the final day of the regular season with number four Baylor, number five San Diego State, number eight Seton Hall, and number 10, Louisville, all taking L's. The Brooklyn Nets have fired coach Kenny Atkinson after three and a half seasons. Brooklyn currently is the seventh seed in the East at 28 and 34. Of course, no Kevin Durant for the entire season and no Kyrie Irving for the rest of the season. The Yankees catching the injury bug early in spring training with Severino out for the rest of the season with Tommy John surgery. Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton uh, questionable for opening day with a broken rib and strained calf, respectively. And now Gary Sanchez is going to miss a couple days with some back soreness, guys. Some uh, worries in New York coming up. That is the national news. Uh, weird week uh, in the national 
a lot of weird stories. Like this Yankees thing is just bizarre. Well, they fired their. I, I'm almost positive, right? They fired their team doctor at the end of last year, or coming into this year. Yeah, I believe injuries. it was late last year yeah. because of all the injuries that they've had. You know, Judge and Stanton have been up and down all the time. Um, obviously, it's not the doctor. Obviously, well, the other one staying in New York, uh, the Brooklyn Nets firing their coach Kenny Atkinson. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the talk is that he didn't want to coach Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, which seems kind of ridiculous. You'd think you'd want to coach some you good teams. You could pay me as much money as you want. I'll, I'll coach yeah, them. That I seems, don't care. It seems a little absurd. That might be an excuse the team's making for a kind of an unusual – I was pretty shocked when I saw that. I mean, he's he's done, I think, pretty well he, with what he has. Yeah, yeah, he's been able to kind of over you know overachieve. And considering this year, you know, they're six games under five hundred, but without your two best players and, you know, probably yeah. like $70 million worth of salary, the fact that they're still in the playoffs is, is – Pretty amazing, the Nets are so. just a slight step up from the Knicks, though. They're yeah. they're a trash organization. Well, as it well. took them about five years to uh, recover from a terrible the Paul yeah. Pierce Kevin oh, Garnett yeah, trade with that. the Celtics. So, yeah. certainly very interesting goings on in New York. Alrighty, we're gonna get into our first national segment that we call Hell Yeah or Hell Nah. In this segment today, we're gonna talk about some. Uh, takes going on in the MLB with the season upcoming in just a few weeks here. We're going to get our opinions, and we'd love to hear your opinions on Facebook and Twitter at 30 Rack Podcast. Guys, the first question for Hell Yeah or Hell No is going back to the Yankees. The Yankees' injuries will cost them the AL East crown. Uh, Josh, we're going to start with you. What do you think about the injuries in the Bronx, um, I yeah, hell yeah, uh, I think it will. Uh, or hell no. That's up to you, <laughs> man. Don't be looking at us well, for I'm saying, answers. I'm saying hell. Will it, will it cost? If it costs will them, will they not make the yes, playoffs? Yes, I understand. I'm saying hell yeah, that will cause them to make yeah. not make the yeah. playoffs or which, not not win the ALE. Which is which is exactly. oh hell no for them, but because uh, because uh, yeah, let's. They, they overcame last year. They had the same issue last year, and they overcame that. I really don't think you can overcome that two years in a row. And you dumped so much money into guys like Servino, and then you had Judge, who hasn't played for, like, two years now. Uh, you know, when's it going to – and, well, like and then Stanton. Stanton as well, you know. Yeah. And so, yeah, you they've been able to overcome this before, but, like, how many times do you have to go through this situation – yeah. And, you know, the A at least isn't going to wait around for you, uh, you know. Uh, so luckily for them this year, um, it might. But I, you can only overcome this situation so many times. Zach, what about you? Hell no. Um, no, I mean, you know, Severino being out for the year is obviously huge. I do question the uh, starting pitching, obviously, that rotation. But um, kind of to Josh's point, but the flip side, they did it last year. Um, I think people are are forgetting the Red Sox are pretty much tanking. Uh, Tampa. Tampa's okay. It's Tampa. Uh, The Orioles are bad. um, And Toronto's bad. Um, So, I mean, overall, you know, they got some studs there, but, you know, they're still several years away. So um, I think the division, though not as easy as, like, the Central um, or something like that, it's definitely not like the AOS. Yeah, I think they'll be fine. Yeah, I'm going to go with hell no here as well. Um, you know, I think the Yankees have so much room in the middle. They obviously, if they can just get something out of Judge or Stanton, I mean, that's still a big bat in the middle. Mm-hmm. 
They have such a deep uh, starting pitching core. Still have Garrett Cole. Sanchez. Still have, yeah, I mean, still have Jay Happ, still have Masahiro Tanaka. So they still have some guys that can, you know, uh, hold down the fort. And I think the gap between them and, you know, the Rays or the Red Sox, you know, which I guess are the two, like, okay teams in the league, is just so huge that I think they'll need – a few more like major. Well, when like, you're forgetting with the, the Red Sox, they get rid of David Price. Sales pro- possibly pretty much. Well, and that's what. Yeah, that's yeah, what I might mean. Be done for I a think while, they're both. So. I think they're both. You know, mediocre at best. Yeah. So, I think there's a, a there's a lot of room for them that if they don't have you know some major injuries like several guys missing the rest of the year, I I, I think they honestly should be okay. Um, going from that to our second one, uh, one. Ohio team will be in the playoffs this year. Not zero, not two, but just one of the Reds or the Indians will be in the playoffs this year. Zach? I'm going to say hell no uh, because I think both teams are going to make the playoffs this year. I think both central divisions are awful for the most part. Um, the Whites uh, going to AL Central. Oh, Greg's um, Greg's making a face. Uh, I think the AL Central, it's really going to come down to Indians and Twins. I think the White Sox made some interesting moves, but uh, they don't have the depth there. Uh, and then the Royals and Tigers are tanking. Um, so it's going to come down to the Indians and Twins. And I think this year, you know, the Indians are still going to win about 93 or so games, and they'll get into the playoffs. Um, and then the NL Central is complete trash right now besides. And the Reds have made some moves, so... Um, I'm gonna go with the Reds. We'll either make a wild card or win the division. Josh, what about you? Uh, I'm gonna go hell yeah again on this question. Uh, so you're picking the okay? He's gonna pick the Indians. Greg, what do you think? Is- no, I'm gonna pick the Reds. Actually, are gonna make it. Uh, here's why I think the Indians uh, are pretty much countering your point. It's gonna come down to the Sox and the Twins. Uh, the Sox- really? Oh yeah. Oh my God. Okay, this is it. <laughs> How many games did you the Indians win last year? Ninety three games last year. Were they in the playoffs? Okay, that's an outlet. That's only the second time that's ever happened where a team won ninety three games that didn't make the playoffs since the wild card era. So, so I think the Indians are going to come up shorter than that um, and be just under ninety games, and it's going to be uh, a little, little too late for them. Uh, with I think they make some moves at the end of the season, but it's going to be. It's just going to be too oh late for them. God. The Reds He's just doing this just to like the Reds, stick a knife between my ribs. The Reds got the the weak NL Central with the additions they've made. They'll be just fine. Hell yeah, one Ohio team makes it to the uh, playoffs. Oh, I knew I should have just said hell yeah because Indians are the, the Reds. one. The Reds. Right. I was throwing him a bone. All right, let let me handle this. Right. I'm going to go with hell yeah. I think um, I don't trust the White Sox. I think the Indians will make it. Uh, you know, them or the Twins probably. I would say one wins it, the other one's probably a wild card. I'm not sure. It's probably going to be close. The Reds, I do not trust. And I've been hearing this in Cincinnati. Oh, we've got this great pitching staff. We've got all these new guys. Trevor Bauer's not very But good. here's the thing. Let me go through this. All right, sorry. We have Castillo, who was up and down last year. He looked like a Cy Young candidate for the beginning of the year. That's fallen off. Sonny Gray was terrible in New York before he came over, so we don't know if that one year was an anomaly or it was actually a good year. Trevor Bauer's a career 4.5 ERA pitcher. So those are the three guys you're, you're asking to anchor your rotation. In the outfield, Aquino, pitchers are more aware of him now, so he'll probably get some tougher pitches. Shogo, you really have no idea what's going on here. You've got um, you know, kind of a question at shortstop. You've got an aging right side of your infield. I don't trust any of the options at catcher. 
I think there are enough okay teams in the Central that you're probably going to have to win, you know, 92, 93 games with, um, you know, the Cardinals always being around, the Brewers having a potential MVP candidate in Yelich, and the Cubs still having two of the best hitters in the NL Central in Anthony Rizzo and Chris Bryant. So I do not see the Reds making it. If I had to pick a team, I would say the Indians. I think they'll probably make it. I mean, it. That, that's someone who knows. Thanks, Greg. Someone who knows baseball. I mean, I just want to smash Josh's face. Never mind. Whatever. Let's move on. Next. All right. <laughs> Let's move on. We still to, have three questions to go. Yeah. No. Let's move on to something maybe a little less contentious yeah. at the table. Um, we're going to go with the Astros. We'll be able to make it back into the playoffs this year, of course. The Astros, uh, you know, some turnover this year, losing, you know, a couple pitchers. Uh, and then also everything surrounding the Astros cheating scandal. Uh, you know, a lot of extra craziness on their plate. Zach, do you think they'll be able to overcome it and make the playoffs this year? No. Hell nah. No. Um, don't be wrong. The talent's there. And I don't think anybody was ever um, questioning the talent level. But I just, this thing's not going away, man. And this is going to be something they're literally going to deal with day after day. And you see teams all the time. We have to deal with these kind of distractions and just how this baseball's the one thing that baseball's probably tough for our sports in is that it's every day. Yeah. You're showing up there every day. And I just I don't know, man. And I think that's a team that you're looking at, you know, guys like Verlander. Um, he's old. I don't know what he's on that he's been able to pitch this well, but it's eventually gotta end. Um, you know, they lost um they lost Keichel. Um, well, they lost Keiko last year. But yeah, yeah they no, lost Keiko. I mean, they lost Garrett Cole. Cole. Yeah, sorry, Garrett Cole. That's what I was looking for. They lost Garrett Cole. Um, so I just, I think, no, I just think it's going to wear on them. And they're probably really one injury, which is going to happen. Happens to every team away from, they're just, yeah. they're not, I don't, I don't see how they can do it. Yeah, I'm saying hell no here uh, because, yeah, that's that was the one day thing is what catches me is that you've seen their spring training and every day it's something mm-hmm. different. Yeah. Um, and yeah. You couple that with, yeah, you're one injury away. And then if you look at some of these guys' batting averages away from Houston in that cheating scandal, I think you'll find a telling story, and yeah. this answer will come quite easy to you. Um, I'm actually going to go against you guys. I'm going to what? say, hell yeah, they'll make it back to the playoffs. Uh, just looking at some of the gambling odds, the Astros are the overwhelming favorite to make it back to the playoffs, uh, minus 250 to win the ALS. Mine's not as much the Astros, because I think they'll take a step back. But I think it's just all the rest of the teams in the league. Who do you think is really going to win enough games to overtake the I always say the A's every year, though. I mean, that's one of those The A's are the biggest question that I have. The Angels still don't have any pitching. Uh, The Rangers really didn't get any of the free agents that they wanted to. But the the Rangers have some potential, though. And the Mariners... They're the Mariners. They're the Mariners. So I would say if I had to pick a team to come out, I would say the Astros. I'm not – this is probably one of the lesser confident things that I'm in, but I'll still say, hell yeah, they'll get back. But I don't think they'll be a team that, you know, has the best record in the AL. I think the AL West as a whole will probably be kind of the the lower division in where, you know, maybe you'll only have to win 90 games or something to win that division. That's fair. That's fair. Alrighty, next we have there will be a repeat MVP in the AL or NL. Of course, last year the MVPs were Mike Trout in the AL and Cody Bellinger in the NL. Zach, do you see any of those two repeating? Hell yeah. Um, 
I'm never going to pick against Mike Trout so he gives me uh, so he finally falls off that cliff. Um, I think you know you got guys like Francisco Lindor and some of these young players who they're prime for it. Um, but Mike Trout is um, if anybody's never seen him play, it's it's such a just a travesty that he plays for the Angels and oh, that it's, it's he's, not. He's about as fun of a baseball player as there is to watch. Aside of like some of those dominant closers, like he's yeah. just just watching him. Take Maybe a not personality wise, but as a player, yeah, yeah I mean, like watching him in the batter's he's box. He's this generation's Mickey Mantle. Um, so yeah, I think he will. Cody, I think Bellinger, um, again another exciting player. I really like him, but um, he's probably got a little tougher um, road to go. I think the repeat, but I definitely think Mike Trout, at least for me, is my MVP. Josh, what about you? Yeah, uh, I, I'm not s- as sold on Bellinger or really anyone in the NL. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the NL could be a, a good up for grabs for the MVP race, and that'll be fun to watch as the season unfolds. But uh, for Mike Trout, yeah, I got to agree with you guys there. Hell yeah, Mike Trout. Uh, hell, yeah, hell yeah that he will be the one MVP repeater because, yeah, we haven't seen this guy take a step off. Yeah. No. I mean, so he had until, a little bit of an injury last year, kind of for the first time, which is why he, you know. Yeah. And even then, he's, he still won then, it. <laughs> yeah. He still put up regular numbers. Yeah. So I, until this guy takes a step off, there's no reason to believe that he's not going to be the reigning AL MVP until something like else that comes Bonds along. Run yeah. In, the, yeah, in San Francisco, exactly. really. Um, I'm actually going to say, no, hell no. To be the contrarian again. He's always uh, a contrarian, just for not to go, Not to go against you guys too much, because I think Mike Trout, easily the best player in baseball. But I think both those teams having some big new acquisitions with, uh, you know, uh, Anthony Rendon and Mookie Betts in, uh, you know, it, in both of the L.A. cities, I think that might be a problem for splitting some of the votes. Uh, the, in, the, in the AL... The Yankees are going to be on TV so much like they are every year. If you know, if one of those guys between Judge and Stanton can stay healthy or maybe a Garrett Cole, I just think they're in the news so much that people will probably try to vote for him and maybe some of the L.A. voters may be split. Um, and then, you know, in the NL, I could see I could see Mookie Betts taking it away. Obviously, yeah. Christian Yelich was probably the uh, MVP frontrunner until he, you know, uh, what broke his kneecap late in the year. <laughs> yeah, that's great. So, um, you know, I, I'm i not super confident once again, but I'd probably lean towards, you know, neither of those guys repeating. And then also with Trout, as you've seen in a lot of other sports, sometimes you get the MVP fatigue. And if someone kind of comes out of nowhere and has a good season, maybe you say, ah, we just want to give it to this guy because Mike that's Trout fair. already has like three or four. So. Yeah. Alrighty, and our last one, uh, Miguel Cabrera is 23 home runs away from 500 career and 185 hits away from 3,000 career. Does he reach either this year, either or both this year? Are we doing either or both? Uh, no, we're doing. Is he, uh, does he reach either? Does he just reach? Does one he of the reach lines? either? Yeah. Okay. And I'm gonna say hell no. I think he does next year. Um, so I think he's going to at least give it one more year. He's going to reach both of those milestones, and he's a first ballot Hall of Famer, probably the greatest right-handed. Him, Manny, or A-Rod, and I know there's some steroids potential involved, but probably the three greatest right-handers hitters I've ever seen. Um, here's why, though. He's had that nagging knee injury now for like three years. It's really sapped his power base and his ability. You know, looking at last year, he didn't. He actually hit for 282 and 493 plate appearances. Um, so the guy can still hit, but... He hit only 12 home runs last year. Um, and I think you're probably looking at like uh, 15 to 18 home runs this year. 
Um, and then I think that equaled out to like 139 hits. So I think he's gonna I think he's gonna get it next year, and I think he'll be about 10 home runs away and about you know 60 hits away next year. Uh, but no, I don't think he reaches either this year. Josh, what about you? Uh, I'm gonna go hell no. Um, I don't want to say hell no, uh, mm-hmm. but but yeah, it, it's been the last time he had uh, 180 hits uh, was in 2016, where he had 188. That was also the last year he had more than uh, more than 20 home runs. Yeah. He had 38 home runs that year. The past few years, yeah, I mean he's had that knee injury. He hasn't looked himself. Now next year, if he plays again. Then, he yeah. will play. Like, he's so close he's, to those milestones. He's got, got enough. Play. He's got enough to yeah. split like a, a almost like a part time chill season between yeah. two seasons I and mean, hit Detroit's those numbers. Detroit's got nothing else going yeah, on. They're going to let ball- him go. First for that. ballot Hall of Famer, um, yeah. but hell no this year. Um, I'm also going to go hell no. My biggest thought is just one. I don't think he'll play enough games. You know, he played even as a DH mostly played 136 mm-hmm. games. I don't see him playing even that much. Um, I think towards the end of the year, as he started to get the knee issue, I think it's a degenerative knee issue, mm-hmm. which is pretty serious. Under control, he was able to get, you know, he's able to get some more hits, maybe a little bit more pop. And, you know, I expect to see him, you know, maybe in the 130s for hits, maybe closer to 24 home runs to the point where, you know, probably by the All-Star break next year, he'll have, or, you know, in 2021, he'll have both. But I yeah. just don't see him having enough at-bats or enough games played, which is, that pretty serious issue out there no, for him yeah. to get to either. Yeah. So he'll get there, I believe. You know, Detroit, they got nothing going on for the next couple of years. They'll give him every opportunity to get there. But, yeah, I don't think it's this year. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's he's still – I mean, he's technically signed through 2023. Yeah. So, you know. I don't think he he's plays still, that long. But yeah, yeah, but, you know, if you want to stick around an extra year to get both of those, you know, uh, accolades oh, and yeah. make $30 million while you're doing it. Yeah. I guess there are worse things to do. So that is our segment, Hell Yeah or Hell No. Be sure to respond to us. You know, Let us know whether you think the Yankees are going to win the AL East, whether or not there'll be a repeat MVP, or whether or not Miggy will reach some of those accolades. All right, our next segment, which we're going to call Fave or Unfollow. It is our Twitter segment where you're either going to fave the tweet or just unfollow the person completely because it's a ridiculous statement and we're not here for that the first one comes from peter gammons a longtime sports writer out of boston his tweet is quote i'm officially hoping tom brady leaves the patriots zach you gonna fave that or just I Get fave it, right man. Out. He's done. I want him to move on. I want to see this Belichick and Brady, what they can do on their own. I'm tired of hearing it. He's not going back. He's not. Uh, I kind of want to see him gone. Um, I like that tweet because, yeah, uh, yeah I want to see what Belichick can do with Andy Dalton and go win a couple <laughs> rings. Honestly, I would give him over uh, Brady the opportunity. See, I'm going to kind of take this from a different angle. I am actually going to unfollow Gammons because of this. Not because I don't want to see Tom Brady out of the Patriots, but, you know, knowing that he's kind of a Boston guy, anyone who wants, you know, uh, an all-time quarterback, a great quarterback to leave your team, especially when he still has, you know, not maybe everything left in the tank, but still a little bit. As someone that has lived in a purgatory of terrible quarterbacks (laughs) for, you know, 20-plus years... You know, um, you don't know what you got till he's gone. So, 
kind of ridiculous That's that Boston fair. fans are on this. You think you're really going to do as well with Andy Dalton or Jared Stidham as your quarterback? You're ridiculous. Now you're making me the Packers where you draft two Hall of Fame quarterbacks in a row. It's, uh, that's tough. <sighs> All righty. <laughs> Our next one comes from Keith Friedrich. Talking about uh, daylight savings time. Hopefully you guys knew that uh, Saturday night you got to You don't need to know anymore. Clock. Your phone does it for well, you. Well, yeah, your phone does it for you now. Uh, he said, quote, I am really okay with daylight savings time sure losing an hour of sleep today isn't great but gaining an hour in the fall is well well worth it he should be shot uh, i'm gonna unfollow no daylight savings time is stupid there's no need for it we're not there's not a war going on we don't we right am i the only who disagrees with the that? ohio farmers association would uh, uh beg to differ with you but uh I mean, if you think about it, this year we're ahead, though, because we had the leap day, so we had an extra day. So really, if you take that sample size, we're ahead right now, right? I don't know what the hell you're talking right? about right now. What are you talking Ahead of what? I don't, I, I don't know. <laughs> ahead of the time that we lost tonight because we had an extra day. I don't day. know. I woke up tired as shit this morning, and uh, I, I don't know. I, I hate it. We 23 I mean, hours I agree ahead, with what he's or are we saying? 23 hours behind? Jeez, uh, oh, Josh, I'm not getting, <laughs> I can't even handle wrap my head around that. I'm on another, I'm on another plane. You, you are, you are dosing over there. Um, no, I, I mean, yeah, I get what he's saying. Like in the fall, it's always fun when we're out drinking and it's Saturday night and you're like, oh, the bars, oh no, they're not. We get an extra hour of drinking. I hate waking up early though. And we, it just kills me every spring when we have to spring forward. I don't know. Unfollow. All right. And then Josh, are you going to fave that? He doesn't uh, know what's going on. He's doing math. He's doing complex. He's solving the mysteries of the world right now, Greg. I'm going to favor anything that gives me more sunlight. So, yep. Like. All righty. Um, I think it's called like. Is that what the kids call it on Twitter? Liking something? I don't something? know, man. You should like us. 30 Rec Podcast. You should. Yes. All, all of the above. All of the above. But I'm actually going to unfollow Mr. Friedrich yeah. on this. yeah. Not as much because of the day after, but because of the Monday. And on both, I love the extra hour of sleep. I hate the less yeah. less hour of sleep. But on the Monday after the the time change, no matter whether it's forward or backward, your entire routine, your entire mental mm-hmm. routine of when you're supposed to wake up, when you're supposed to get into work, is just completely thrown off for probably the next oh, week. I'm going to wake up tomorrow to go to work, and it's going to be light out, and I'm going to be flipping out thinking I'm like late. For work. Well, that or you're gonna be like your alarm's gonna go off. You're gonna be like, there's no way. It yeah. should be. It should be an hour, you know, different. And that's that was the same thing. You know, it was. I guess it was okay to get into work a little bit early, but you were like, no, I should be leaving now. And you're like, oh no, it's only four. It's only four thirty. You know, it's. Exactly. And you're like, oh no, it should be at least five, five thirty by now. Maybe I can leave. But all I'm saying is that trash state of Arizona figured out that yeah, we're not gonna be a part of this. Oh yeah. That's Why right, can't the did, rest yeah. of us get in that? Well, Arizona is kind of its own little world. It's, let's be it, honest. Yeah, I've been there a few times. Not a fan. Yeah. All righty. Um, now going back to sports with our with our good pal Skip Bayless. Skip. Skip. Skip Bayless had a quote for his show that said, "Why I think and fear LeBron will win MVP." Are you gonna like or fave that? Uh, LeBron no. will win MVP. No, I, I thought we were. It was, it was the person. My unfollowing. 
skit? Because like, you know what he's referring to in that. You can take it however you want to. Uh, do you like the tweet or do you want to unfollow? I'm going to unfollow. I actually do follow Skip. He just gets my blood boiling every morning with his ridiculous takes. Um, no, I would unfollow him, though, because basically what he's insinuating there is LeBron doesn't deserve it. LeBron's not Michael. Only Michael Jordan can wear the MVP. Like, I'm tired of hearing about it. No, it's stupid. LeBron has done immensely this year. I think Kim and Antetokounmpo, top two, can't go I'm wrong sorry, with I'm sorry, what was that last name? Uh, Giannis, Giannis. I'm just going to go with Giannis. I tried. You're the guy who's supposed to pronounce names. I'm not. I'm the opinions. I don't need that. That's true. He's got a point there. Antetokounmpo? Yeah. yeah, whatever. The, the Greek freak. Um, no, I'm going to unfollow Skip and his ridiculous takes. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta unfollow that too. I, I mean, let, let's let's get over yourself here. If you're still like knocking LeBron and his accomplishments, and yeah, I mean, he's taken a Lakers team that hasn't been to the playoffs since what 2012, 2013. Yeah, you know, so uh, you can't keep knocking LeBron for you know carrying Cavs teams through the cha- through he tournaments all the way LeBron to the finals. You you can't keep knocking LeBron for turning teams around. No, I. Yeah, look at, I'm look also at the facts, skip. Look at the facts. I'm exactly. also going to uh, unfollow it. It's not as much because I think LeBron can't win the MVP. I think I would give the slight uh, nod to Antetokounmpo right now. Uh, Giannis, nice pronunciation. Antetokounmpo. But I think morally, what he's saying is, you know, LeBron might win because of the, you know, the the pity factor, the Lakers factor, all the Kobe stuff going on. Saying, you know, that's he's ridiculous. Been There's this. no no one's gonna give someone an MVP because Kobe died. Jesus Christ. But the one thing that I will say is if LeBron wins it, because it is pretty close right now. Yeah. You know, looking at the stats, they both, you know, LeBron's shooting a little bit better from three. Giannis shooting a little bit better field goal. They're both leading, you well, know. Well, James both, Harden said if I was seven feet, too. Yeah, I would both be. teams are leading their conference. They're both, you know, aliens of human beings, being they how are. big and tall they are. But, you know, at the end of the day, I would give the slight, you know, slight edge to Giannis, but... I certainly think it's still open, you know, especially with Giannis being uh, a little bit banged up right now. If LeBron can put a lot together, I still think with him having AD and, you know, Giannis really the second best player being Chris Middleton, who's still a really good player and an all-star, I still think Giannis gets the slight edge. But either way, I think the point that Skip's trying to make is utterly ridiculous, and I think we're all on the same page for unfollowing him. All right, and then... I had to give Skip a boo, sorry. <laughs> well, you might want to save this for coming up soon. Uh, the next one is a, it's an undisputed tweet, but it's by LeVar Ball, and LeVar Ball retweeted it. Just for LeVar Ball. Uh, LeVar, at LeVar Big Baller, on LaMelo Ball, playing overseas. My sons are like phones. I keep making them better and better. LaMelo took the best path to the <laughs> NBA. Melo's not doing a term paper and a chemistry test. He's focusing only on basketball. What? Zach, what? you want to take that first? Or, the or? worst parent on the face of the planet. Has there ever mean? been a parent who's been more transparent about the fact that his kids are uh, products of way of him to profit what off of? What does that even anybody? mean? My kids are phones. He's like talking about how the <laughs> iPhone every generation, like it gets better, like the Samsung phone. That's basically what he's referring to. They're products. Again, referring to your children as products. Worst parent in the world. Um... Those kids should have been taken away from him, obviously, a long time ago. And I don't know what was locking him in closets or something if they did something wrong. Um, no, those kids are messed up. 
they're not that great either. You could make a Disney movie about how those three kids were raised by this evil man who thought they were phones or whatever analogy, <laughs> whatever weird analogy he's trying to make. I mean, yeah, he just treats them like crap and like yeah. goes on TV and you'd think they'd be embarrassed their dad running oh, around I, on TV yeah. running his mouth all the time like this. Like, and I think it's disrespectful. Like ESPN can go to hell for even letting this man have any kind of oh, platform yeah. whatsoever. Oh, yeah. But hey, Leangelo's getting a G League contact contract. Um, I could probably get a G League contract. Jesus. Lonzo is actually playing better in New Orleans with uh, Zion back. Has some triple-doubles. Playing okay. But uh, Josh, I think I have the idea of where you're going, but are you going to favor unfollow Mr. Mr. Un- Ball? Unfollow. I wish I could like take like just speak for the entire world and unfollow this man People and quit think- giving him airtime. Because that's just such a weird thing to say about your kids that my kids are like phones because I get to build them and, you know, they're my little toys that I get to like create and enhance and make them as good as basketball as I can possibly be, which honestly, you're putting that much effort into it and they're really like kind of just okay. I don't think they're that great. No. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to unfollow. I'm Casey so sick of hearing. Anthony look like mother of the year for Christ's sake. Jeez. Jeez. Oh, my goodness. All right. No. <laughs> That's sick. That it's, is sick. The one thing, the one, no, I'm not disagreeing no, with know, you. He's a sick parent. The one thing that I'm going to say is I don't have an issue with with kids playing, you know, in other other no, leagues, like that. RJ Hampton or, uh, you That's know, for the kid to decide. Yeah, and Lamelo. Lamelo is playing in in Illawarra or was playing with with a team in Australia. Helped his draft stock. You know, looked really good. Was you know before he got injured was playing really well. But the problem that you have is the one thing that – well, the two things that are hurting his draft stock is, one, it's tougher for scouts to watch games over in Australia. And part of the reason why he can't play in college basketball is because you shift your kids off to the <laughs> Lithuanian trunk meet league <laughs> to go play basketball for a little while. And then the other problem is the one other thing that's hurting them being able to focus only on basketball and it's hurting their draft stock is you running your mouth like a ridiculous human being all the time. If you had even guards, you know, maybe, I I don't know, other point guard, maybe a Cole Anthony or something like that, you might want to take Cole Anthony because, you know, you know who Cole Anthony's dad is. You know Greg Anthony. He's on Twitter. You know, he's in some studios. Yeah. But I would trust Greg Anthony to not meddle as much or say ridiculous things on the air, even though he has a TV job, more than I would – LeVar Ball and cause issues and cause schisms in the locker room or anything else. And it's just, you know, being an NBA GM, I think it's just too much of a headache until you start to get further down Teams in the first round. That's what, like, drama. Uh, how has no one, like, in, like, a front office position, like, come to this dude and told him to shut his mouth? Like, I think they have. I think, I think in a way, the Lakers tried. Uh, yeah, everybody tried. And that's why they shipped him off to New Orleans. He'd be great. He would be great friends with our president. Just saying. Oh, All right, yeah, probably. All righty. Well, before we get into too much political <laughs> talk, oh, we're going to the political. We're switching into our third segment. Josh is actually going to run this segment. We have our Speaking wonderful gambling segment, which we call "Lock It In" for you degenerates out there. We have some lines for things coming up this week or in future weeks, and we're going to pick our bets and. 
lock it in. Over to you, Josh. Yeah, I'm going to give you guys uh, just some of the favorites on uh, conference tournaments to win the conference tournaments, if you can find those out there, some futures. And then uh, we've got some interesting events coming up over the next couple weeks that will also give you some lines for it. Uh, we'll start uh, with the ACC. Favorite right now is Duke, plus 1,500 odds. Uh, Florida State and Louisville followed closely behind them at 1,600 for Louisville, 1,800 for Florida State. I don't know who you boys are taking there, but I like Florida State. Plus 1,800 or plus 180? 1,800. Yes. There's there's only like two books out there that are doing uh, futures for conference yeah. tournaments. Um, Big 12 favorite is uh, Bay, uh, Kansas, excuse me over Baylor. Um, we got Texas Tech in uh, West Virginia as the dark horses there. Uh, Baylor plus nine, or Kansas plus 500. Baylor plus 900. Who are you guys taking? Kansas. Lock it in. Taking taking the underdog. Taking the dark horse. Chris Beard and them boys. Texas Tech. Lock that in right now. All right. Baylor's not going well. Kansas doesn't give a damn about the tournament. Chris Beard wants to get his team rolling. Great tournament coach. Great March coach. Chris Beard, locking in. Michigan, Michigan State uh, favorite uh, over Maryland right now in the Big Ten at plus 1,200. Maryland uh, plus 2,200. OSU is sitting back there with Michigan at plus 4,000. I would take the Ohio State with that, the plus 4,000. Yeah. I think Michigan's. I, I like. I like the. Well, I was looking at odds. Too, I was gonna say. I, I like, like the, the odds, odds with yeah. Ohio State. I would definitely take. That. I would probably take. I'd probably take Ohio State I'd, plus uh, yeah. four thousand. Yeah, I, if I would you look take at Ohio State. It, comparatively, I think. I would give the slight edge to Michigan State, but with those odds differentials, I, I'd probably throw a little bit of coin down there yeah. in Columbus. Uh, Big East, uh, Seton Hall, plus 1,800. They lead the way there. Butler's sitting in the back uh, with Nova at plus 4,000, and then the Ohio team, Xavier, at a whopping plus 15,000. If you want to <laughs> throw something on there. Uh, uh, Pac-12 cool. is uh, Zona and uh, Oregon leading it uh, with plus 2,800. Colorado at plus 8,000. They're the underdog there. SEC, UK, plus 1,000 odds. Auburn uh, followed behind them at plus 4,000. Um, so those are your big conferences there um, to win their conference tournament. You guys want to hear some weird ones now? Yeah, let's go. Weird. Let's go. All right, uh, the Razzies are coming up. Uh, Zach, I know you, you're a big fan of the Razzies. Yeah. Uh, the Razzies are the uh, film awards for uh, the worsts. I love when they, act, they actually show up and accept the awards, which yeah. is awesome. Yeah. My, uh, my favorite one was, uh, what was the lady from the blind side? Um, Sandra, Sandra Bullock. Sandra Bullock, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. She, won, she won the best actress and the and the Razzie for the worst yeah. actress. So she won, keeps an it in her, in her bathroom above her toilet, which I think is hilarious. Nice. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, the 40th Razzie Awards, they are uh, March 13th. Uh, worst actor, John Travolta, uh, for being in The Fanatic and Trading Paint. He's the favorite there at minus 200. Oh. Sylvester Stallone uh, in Rambo Last Blood at plus 400. James Franco in Zeroville. David Harbour in Hellboy. And Matthew McConaughey in Serenity are the other I uh, love that those are all the actors nominees. that would come to mind of like, yeah, they could win an Academy Award or yeah, they could have like right. the worst performance ever. Uh, some interesting ones for worst actress. Uh, Hilary Duff is the favorite act actually for uh, The Haunting of Sharon Tate, minus 150 I odds. Heard that. I was interested in that. I heard that was, yeah. 
Tyler Perry's next uh, as Medea in the Medea family funeral plus two seventy five. <laughs> Rebel Wilson uh, in the Hustle plus fifty five. Uh, I like the Hustle plus five fifty. Uh, Francesca Hayward in Cats. We'll get to Cats in a yeah. second. At plus a thousand. Anne Hathaway is also in there for uh, her role in the Hustle and Serenity. She's plus twelve hundred. So I would probably take. I, th- I I like the odds for for Rambo. So yeah, I'm gonna yeah, go with Stallone. Good odds. But then I think. I mean, Hillary Duff seems like the obvious choice here. Hillary Duff getting back in. I just I imagine there's she too played much it Medea. as if it was Lizzie McGuire. And they're like, this is like a Shannon's serious movie. And she's just like, oh, like. <laughs> Running I, away. Where's my cartoon oh. character? I like, uh, yeah, I like Stallone uh, f- at plus 400 for worst actor. And then. I like Francesca Hayward at plus a thousand for worst actress because anything associated with cats has a good chance oh, to win yeah. at the Rossies this well, year. That's what That's fair. It might be good odds, Tom but Hipper. I just think one fifty is the overwhelming favorite. Maybe just a little bit of money get that get the decent return. Uh, worst remake or rip off? Cats actually isn't he- in here. Uh, Rambo what? Rambo leads the odds at minus one twenty five. They're the favorite. Dark Phoenix plus two hundred. A Medea family funeral plus eight hundred. Hellboy 2019 is in there, and then Godzilla, King of the Monsters at plus 1,200. Oh, I'm going Godzilla. <laughs> uh, there's there's a lot of – there's worst supporting actor and worst supporting actress in here. Um, there's uh, worst picture is uh, the favorite that is going to win. Yeah, uh, let's hear those. Uh, the worst picture favorite is Cats at minus 500 odds. That's a pretty sure thing. Oh, there, I, think I think so. That Yeah. Uh, it's followed by the fanatic haunting of Sharon Tate and Medea family funeral at all plus a thousand. Rambo Last Blood's in there at plus fourteen hundred. I would throw Medea in there as a possible. I mean, just uh, Redeemer Award. Too many Medea movies. Yeah. Redeemer Award. Well, before we get to that, the Cats actually has an over under uh, prop here. Uh, over three and a half. Uh, the over under on their total Razzie wins is three and a half. Ooh, over. 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 If there's over. anything over. about like. Makeup or special effects? Yeah, they were creepy as hell. This is not this is not a usual uh, one uh, one ten either. It's minus two twenty odds for over three and a half, plus one eighty for under. Uh, The Razzie Redeemer Award. uh, Adam Sandler is the favorite for his role in Uncut Gems, Uh, minus four hundred. Yeah, yeah, he's gonna win. I do think he has some competition here because there's some these are loaded names in this category. Uh, Eddie Murphy and. Dolomite is my name uh, is plus 400 odds. I heard that was really good. Keanu Reeves in John Wick 3 and uh, it has credit for Toy Story 4 as well. He's a uh, third with uh, – or fourth, excuse me, with plus 2,000 odds. Just above him is Jennifer Lopez in Hustlers. Uh, Will Smith is in there at plus 2,800 in Aladdin. Here's why I would say – Ooh, Aladdin. I mean he did all right and that, that was really not a good movie. Here's why I say I would, I would definitely think Adam Sandler. The rest of them have had some – some hits and had some respect in the industry in the last decade, decade and a half. Adam Sandler, probably since Spanglish, and that even got panned, uh, really has Yeah, Spanglish so, is pretty nasty. Yeah, I know, but I mean, like, you know what I mean? Like, he really hasn't had any. This kind of came, I think he's, he's got that sewn up, I would think. Yeah, you gotta look at Uncut He Jones, did Jack but... and Jill, like, just as few years ago and that was a weird movie i got one more for you guys and this is to uh for any of you that are planning to uh spend qu- uh, quite a bit of money on march madness this year this is how you kind of you know backload your profits this is your your bottom dollar here if you want to make I'm a, in. a little in. on the side uh the 2020 stern pro circuit final is uh-huh. march 21st and for those of you that are una- what is that? unacquainted with the stern pro you don't circuit, ner- no the stern <laughs> damn it never mind the stern pro <laughs> circuit is professional pinball folks uh 
Steve Bowden leads the way. Uh, nope. It's it's Steve Bowden, Escher Lefkoff, Raymond Davidson, and Keith Elwin. They're all uh, plus 300 favorites. Nope, that's not my guy. That's, that's not my not guy. Keep guy. going, keep going. Uh, we got Alexander Kaczgrmish. Uh, yeah, Alexander Kaczgrmish. That's Bow, my guy. Bow and Curran's, they're, plus, plus, they're both plus 700. Uh, got it. He's got the... He's you got, got some, it. You he's know the him. pinball wizard. Colin Urban, if you're looking for some underdogs, Colin Urban is plus 2,000. Uh, Jim Bolsito is plus 3,300. Here's and, the question. And Lewis Bevins? Lewis Bevins is plus 2,500. Here's my Jack. question, though. It doesn't matter what, what table we're playing on. Are we playing Mish. on the Kiss Pinball table? Are we playing on original? What are we doing? Kershka Mish. We all know oh, Kershka kills the Kiss you table. You don't even know? He kills the Kiss table. Uh, and then previewing some more pinball uh, at the end of May is the uh, IFPA. Uh, that's international. Uh, North America is the favorite to win that at minus 190. So for any of you pinball gamblers that. out there, if you're looking for anything on the back end, you're welcome. Three Rack of Sports, your Ohio Craft Brew Pod, your Pinball Pod, your XFL Pod. You got it all covered. You go search this week, and next week, call into the show or tweet us at 30 Rack Podcast, and you let me know if you found another podcast that's talking pinball <laughs> this week. sure they will not. Sure plays a mean pinball. <laughs> all right, then. We wrapping? Yeah, we we wrapping as soon as we get the rapid music. Anyway, all righty. As we love to do at the end of the show... We've got our issues with Ohio sports. We've got our issues with the world. We like to air some grievances here. So we're going to get into our zingers, our jeers, our grumbles. Needed some Zach. grumbling music instead of the closer. Yeah. Who are you zinging? Technical difficulties. Um, let me get real quick. Uh, every spring is eternal. And every spring, Goose Gossage sounds like a fucking asshole. And I once again want to just complain about him shooting up his mouth. This year is pretty vague. Wasn't any specific shots of specific people. Um, basically, so the MLB is basically run by Democrats now, all these analytic guys. And people don't work out anymore like they used to. And spring training used to be so hard when the goose was loose. And, you know, no one could touch his fastball these days, which is just absurd to me. Uh, I think anybody could have hit your fastball. Um, So once again, the New York Yankees continue to run out this loon, um, trumper, uh, right-wing, radical psychopath that they let loose on their rookies in spring training. Um, So I just want the goose to shut the hell up. Shut up, goose. Quack, quack. I hate him. Shut up, Goose. All right, Josh, who are we jeering? Uh, I'm jeering. Uh, he won uh, uh, He won the uh, Pro Clown Circuit in 2015. Uh, I think he's in the running again this year. Uh, won Draymond Green of the Golden State Warriors, who I have defended in the past, but like the guy's just taking it too far. He said, quote, Barkley should stop before I take his job because I can do that w- well, too. He also can't talk basketball with me either. Not smart enough, not qualified. No rings, can't sit at this table. Ooh, the ring debate. Um, so, yeah, say what you will about the ring debate. Uh, Charles Barkley, uh, the bread truck, in 16 seasons, averaged a double-double with 22 points and 11 rebounds. 
uh, shot 54% from the field. He led the league in two-point uh, field goal percentage in five of his eight seasons between uh, 1986 and 1991. He shot 63% on two-pointers in that span. He also led the league in total rebounds in 86, his third season with just under 15 rebounds. Draymond Green, in his eight seasons in the NBA, averages nine points. He averages six rebounds. He shoots 43% from the field. Sure, he's won rings on one of the greatest super yeah. teams to ever be in the NBA. Yeah, Charles Barkley doesn't have rings, but I think you need to look at your stats and look at what you've contributed to your team before you go hating on Charles Barkley and telling him he doesn't have the chops to talk basketball. It's a team That's sport. a little absurd. Yeah. It's a team sport. Sit the down. Dre. Sit down, there. Dre. Alrighty, well that was Josh's cheer. For my grumble, I am grumbling former University of Cincinnati basketball coach Mick Cronin. The derision. Mick Cronin was recently on um, was recently doing an interview with the podcast Titus and Tate on Fox Sports, where whenever he brings up whenever Ohio's brought up, whenever anything Cincinnati's brought up, he tries to trash him. In an interview last year, um, he mentioned calling Skyline drunk feud drunk food, which as a uh, as a West Sider by birth that he is, he should be banned from the city of Cincinnati for that by calling Skyline just gross and drunk food. And then also, he had something to say about LA versus Ohio. Uh, he When he was asked that he wasn't much of an LA guy because he's from Ohio, he said, well, I disagree. I am from, or I am an LA guy because it takes no. a lot more to be successful in LA. You have to work harder in LA to be successful than you do in you that than you do in Cincinnati's. Like I had to tell my daughter that everything's going to be stepped up a little bit in LA, and I think that's bullshit. I think all of us in Ohio work our asses off. We don't have that California laid backness. We're all having to work our butts off. Ohio sometimes is looked down upon, so we're all trying to get over that. We're all trying to work it up, work everything to get ahead as much as we can in our lives. And the only person that really had it easy in Cincinnati was Mick Cronin. As we mentioned, only passed the first weekend once in, what, 14 years of coaching Cincinnati? Mm -hmm. I'll tell you for sure, you won't be able to do that at UCLA because they'll can you right away. And hopefully for Cincinnati, our next 14 years will be more successful than that because we have a coach that can actually coach in big games. Mick Cronin, figure it out or search a trap. Because you know yeah. what? We don't lose to Cal State Fullerton at Ooh, Cincinnati. Ooh, nice. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, there's nothing harder to L. Get out of here. It's sunny. It's beautiful all day. They don't have to get up early and scrape their cars. Jesus. Yeah, you have to work hard to even get to work at Cincinnati. Yeah, you got to scrape your cards in Ohio. Get out of here. Alrighty. Well, we want to finish on a lighter note with some shout outs. Zach, who are we shouting out today? Uh, I'm going to shout out uh, Shane. My name's not Justin Bieber. Uh, he was announced as the Indians opening day starter. Uh, so big move up for that guy. I'm excited for him. All right, awesome. Over to you, Josh. Who are you shouting out? Uh, my shout out is to uh, you two, actually, as mean as you've been uh, with the Musketeers <laughs> things. Uh, you guys also helped me with uh, my TV duties this week. Uh, Zach and Greg were, uh, uh, Greg did play by play. Zach was the color analyst uh, for some Division Four Ohio regional basketball. 
it was a check, blast. Check it out. Maybe we'll post a link on our uh, yeah, social media page. Uh, they, they call a great game. You guys saw some uh, good basketball. Some Division Four girls play yeah, some insane good. basketball. Uh, yeah, they They're were shooting good. from the parking lot. Yeah. So well, shout it was out, a shout heck of a game. You, shout out to you two. Thank you. So thank you for that. Uh, I'm actually going to have two shout outs. My quick one first is to Trey Scott getting the game winner on senior night. Trey. Shout out to him. My other one comes from UFC 248, and it goes to Joanna Jerzicek, who was fighting Zhang Wai Li for the belt at UFC 248. She should have won. Put together a crazy fight against uh, Wai Li Zhang. Back and forth fight, so many punches being thrown. She had such a large, uh, suffered a horrible hematoma on her left forehead to leave it badly disfigured. Uh, was basically like a Peyton Manning forehead out there. Was unbelievable, but kept fighting through and put together a great fight that was, you know, only, um, it was a split decision between Wiley over Georgia Tech. So thankfully she's out of the hospital. She's doing better, but just an awesome effort by her. She hasn't been able to get the belt at 120 or 130 her last four tries, but hell of an effort by her. And, great you fight. know, being able to show that that kind of power that she has is, you know, just an awesome show of perseverance and just personal fortitude. So shout out to her and glad to see that she's doing a little bit better, you know, after getting that large hematoma. Great fight. Alrighty, well, for Zach on the opinions. See ya. Giving it all out. For Josh on the ones and twos. Hey. For Royal Docks Brewing Company in Canton, Ohio, and their downstream jam dark cherry ghost, which was week. delicious, guys. Fantastic. It was very good, yeah. Thank you for listening to 30 Rack of Sports. Be sure to join our bracket challenge at 30 Rack Podcast on ESPN Brackets. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter at 30 Rack Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Greg. Peace.